Good Sunday morning, and welcome to Forgiven, the weekly radio broadcast of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury. We're happy that you tuned in today, and we hope you will find the program beneficial to you. Now, here's our pastor, Joe Vassar. The Bible is filled with promises that God makes to His people. Detailed promises that show us how to have God's blessing, God's protection, God's provision in our lives. I'm so thankful for God's promises, and I've learned by experience that when you line your life up with the promises of God, you can count on it. God will come through and do what He said He would do. God always keeps His word. God never fails to honor the promises that He makes to us in the Bible. For example, God promises to lead us in the right paths when we put Him in charge of our lives. Proverbs 3, 6 promises us, In all thy ways acknowledge Him and he shall direct thy paths. Haven't you come to places in your life, big decisions and small ones, where you thought, I sure hope I'm making the right decision here. If you'll consult God in every decision, if you'll seek his direction in every area of your life, he'll always show you the way. That's his promise. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Many times a day I find myself praying, Lord, I'm not sure what to do here. Please show me the way. And God never fails to come through. He promised, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And he delivers on that promise every time. Another promise. God promises to provide our needs when we live according to his priorities. Matthew 6.33 promises us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you look at the context, you'll see that the All these things in that verse is referring to the basic necessities of life. Sometimes it seems like putting God first is going to hinder you instead of helping you. It seems like making God your first priority with your time, with your talents, with your money is going to cause you to come up short. But God promises that he'll take care of you if you'll put him first. God never fails to come through on that promise. He delivers on that promise every time someone follows it. The Bible's filled with promises like these. The person who lives his life according to the promises of God doesn't live a random life. His life isn't subject to chance or fate. Instead, he lives with the secure knowledge that God is in control of his circumstances. Today, I want to encourage you by focusing our attention on one of my favorite promises of God. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. It says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. This promise gives hope to the person who's trying with all of his might to do the right thing every day. It gives hope to the couple that's trying to be faithful and keep their marriage strong in an increasingly immoral society. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. This promise gives hope to the parents who are trying to raise their children with deep faith, strong values, solid character, and a firm grasp on what's right and wrong, while parents all around them don't even seem to know or care what their kids are up to. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. 
This promise gives hope to the faithful Christian servant, the Sunday school teacher, the church worker, the pastor, the faithful soul winner, who gets tired, who gets discouraged, who's tempted to ask, nobody else seems to care, why should I care? And yet he keeps pressing forward, she keeps serving faithfully. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. This promise of God gives hope to the honest employee who's doing his best to be productive, but he's faced every day with the pressure to cut corners and cheat and lie. It gives hope to the school teacher who's striving to make a difference in the life of every student, but there never seems to be enough time or resources. It gives hope to the police officer who genuinely cares about helping people, but he sees every day just how much pain and neglect and hatred there is in people's lives and in their homes. It gives hope to the volunteer who's working to feed the hungry, but there always seems to be more hungry mouths than there is food. It gives hope to the nurse and the doctor who live to heal and to cure, but who can't possibly keep up with everyone who is sick and hurting. God promises, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. God is promising, if you won't quit, I'll help you succeed. If you'll press on, I will make you productive. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Several years ago, I preached a message on this verse in our church on Sunday morning. And usually I preach a message on Sunday, and then right away on Monday morning, my mind is already focused on what God wants me to preach next Sunday. But for some reason, that week, my mind stayed on this promise in Galatians 6, 9. I couldn't move on. I kept thinking, that promise is so powerful that I hate to let it just lie dormant. I wish I could find a way to keep it active in people's minds. I think most pastors know what I mean. You work so hard all week to present a Bible truth that will help people, and then in just 30 minutes, it's done. You don't get a chance to use it again. And that week in particular, I was frustrated that I was going to have to put this message from Galatians 6-9 back on the shelf and leave it there. That Tuesday, I had a meeting with some pastors in New Jersey, about an hour and a half from here. Galatians 6-9 was still in my mind, and on the drive home, coming north on the Garden State Parkway, some lyrics started to formulate in my mind, some rhyme, some rhythm, a tune. When I got home, I told my wife, I think the Lord gave me a song today. Let me sing it for you. My family learned the song. We began to sing it in church. And then several years ago, we had the opportunity to record the song on a CD. I hope you enjoy my family singing, If We Faint Not. A group of Christians on our faces pleading, God, come fill this place.
Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That's God's promise for you. Think about it. Let it soak in. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Notice the action in this promise. This promise applies specifically to well-doing. Well-doing is a pretty big concept. It includes not only doing the right thing, but also doing good for other people. Well-doing means doing good, doing right, and doing your best. The Bible says about Jesus that he went about doing good, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. If we're going to follow Jesus' example, then we're supposed to live our lives going about doing good. And this promise in Galatians 6, 9 is made to people who live their lives, as Jesus did, going about doing good. Doing good, doing right, doing your best. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. But notice the temptation in this promise. Let us not be weary in well-doing. When you live your life doing good, doing right, doing your best, it won't take long for you to realize that you're in the minority that there are a lot of other people out there trying to do what you're doing. There'll be people who try to talk you out of living that way. There'll even be people who attack you for living that way, who try to stop you. If you're really serious about well-doing, you'll face opposition, physical opposition, spiritual opposition, 
financial opposition, emotional opposition, just about every kind of opposition you can imagine. And that's when you begin to get weary. That's when you begin to question if it's all worth it. When you face a temptation to get weary in well-doing, remember, everyone who has ever achieved anything worthwhile has faced that very same temptation. And if they succeeded in well-doing, it was only because they decided to overcome the temptation to grow weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now don't miss this. Notice the outcome in this promise. We shall reap. The word reap is, of course, an agricultural term. You plant or sow a crop, and eventually you harvest or reap whatever you planted. Just two verses before this promise is the very famous Bible verse, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Galatians 6, 7. We've all heard and used the expression, you reap what you sow, and that's where it comes from. And when we quote that verse, you reap what you sow, we almost always use it in a context of doing wrong, like if you do bad things, bad things are going to happen to you. And while that's certainly true, we should never lose sight of the fact that this principle of you reap what you sow applies just as much in a positive context. Yes, if you sow hatred and anger, you're going to reap hatred and anger. But if you sow love and encouragement, you're going to reap love and encouragement. And just two verses after this principle of you reap what you sow is found this great promise. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. God promises that if you won't get tired of sowing the seeds of well-doing, you will reap the harvest of well-doing. We shall reap. That's an absolute. There's no maybes in there. God promises that if you don't get tired of doing good, doing right, doing your best, that you will reap the good results. If this verse said, well, there's a good chance you might reap, well, that wouldn't motivate me when I get tired and discouraged. But God promises we shall reap. Man, I can dig a little deeper. I can go a little farther. Moms and dads, when you get tired and discouraged in the very hard work of raising your children, remember that God promises that your great efforts will bring a great result. Teacher, when you get tired and discouraged in the very hard work of training young minds, remember that God promises that your great efforts will bring a great result. Student, when you get tired and discouraged in the very hard work of studying, learning, and getting the best grade you can, Remember that God promises that your great efforts will bring a great result. Pastor, when you get tired and discouraged in the very hard work of helping people grow spiritually and leading them closer to the Lord, remember that God promises that your great efforts will bring a great result. Business owner, when you get tired and discouraged while you're trying to make it happen and trying to figure it all out and keep it all going at the same time, remember that God promises that your great efforts will bring a great result. I love it that this verse promises an absolute result. It is certain. It is sure. We shall reap. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And then... 
It's very important to notice the time of this promise. In due season. Any mature Christian can tell you that one of the most difficult parts of learning to trust the Lord is learning to wait for God's timing. God knows when the time is right for us to reap, and we've got to trust Him. We will reap, and we will reap in due season. Only God knows when due season is. We think we know, but only God truly knows. And He promises that though we may grow weary in well-doing, we shall reap in due season. The Bible talks a great deal about waiting on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. David said in Psalm 27, 14, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Job said in Job 14, verse 14, All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. If you know the stories of the Bible, you know that nearly everybody in the Bible who accomplished anything had to wait on the Lord until due season when the Lord brought the best result. God promised to make a great nation out of Abraham. The only problem was Abraham and his wife had no children. Abraham's wife, Sarah, couldn't have children, and they were too old to have children. And after God made that promise to Abraham... They waited another 25 years before they saw any progress on that promise. Now, 25 years doesn't sound like a long time when you read it in somebody else's biography and when you know the end result. But think back 25 years in your own life. Or think back 25 years in American history and culture. And let it sink in just what a long time that is to be waiting on a promise to be fulfilled and nothing changes. Abraham waited patiently, faithfully, and obediently for due season to come. God knew when due season was, and Abraham knew that God knew when due season was. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. Keep doing good. Keep doing right. Keep doing your best, and when God knows the time is right, in due season, you shall reap. If you're committed to well-doing, but you started wondering if your due season will ever come, it may be that even though you think you're ready to succeed, there may be someone else involved in your success who isn't ready for you to succeed yet. And if you're going to be where you need to be when your due season arrives, God knows that you need to stay right where you are just a little bit longer. So don't get weary in well-doing. In due season, you will reap. We're all doing our best to plant good seeds all the time. I can remember as a boy when my father and my grandfather first let me work with them in the garden. I was four or five years old, and they had a good-sized garden behind my grandparents' house in North Salem. They grew beans, peas, tomatoes, Peppers, squash, carrots, beets, corn, cucumbers, asparagus, a fancy vegetable called kohlrabi, all kinds of vegetables. I remember tilling the garden and planting the rows of string bean seeds and then going back and carefully pulling the weeds out, watching every day for those bean plants to break through the surface of the soil. I watched and waited for several days, and finally, I couldn't wait any longer. I looked around to be sure nobody was watching. And then I broke the cardinal rule of gardening. 
I brushed away the soil to see what in the world was taking so long. And of course, I saw that the seed had sprouted, and it was working its way up to the surface. And if I had just waited a little bit longer, I would have seen that seed along with all the others growing up into a plant. Do you ever feel like that with the good seeds that you're planting in your life? When am I going to see some progress? What am I going to reap from the seeds that I've sown in due season? And only God knows when due season is. Recently, I was privileged to hear the testimony of Congressman Bill Johnson from the state of Ohio. He told about how when he was growing up, their family moved around quite a bit. When he was in fifth grade, they lived for a while in North Carolina. And he said a blue church bus would come through his neighborhood every Sunday. One Sunday, he got on that church bus. He went to church. He heard about Jesus, and he received Jesus as his Savior. He said his life immediately changed. He was very excited about Jesus, and he told everybody he could. But a very short time after that, his family moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They lived in a trailer park, and Bill Johnson found a church nearby, started attending a Bible study, and then he started meeting other kids in the trailer park where he lived and invited them to come to the Bible study with him. There was a boy in the trailer right next door that wound up going to the Bible study with him week after week. But then there was another boy named Charlie. Charlie didn't like Bill at all, and he didn't want any part of his Jesus or his Bible study. Charlie teased Bill mercilessly, bullied him, threatened him, tried to fight him, beat him up. And Congressman Johnson said, I knew I was supposed to love everybody, but I sure had a hard time loving Charlie. I did my best. It wasn't long before Bill Johnson's family moved again, far away from Baton Rouge. He finished school, grew up, joined the Air Force, where he later became a lieutenant colonel. One day he was driving near Baton Rouge, and he decided to go back and visit his home from over 20 years before. He found the old trailer park, and he found his old house. And then he went and found his neighbor's house. He knocked on the door, and sure enough, The mom of his old friend still lived there. Bill Johnson asked about his old friend that used to go to the Bible study with him, and the lady hung her head and said, No, my son's not doing so well. But then she said, You know who's doing great? Do you remember a guy named Charlie? She said, It's the strangest thing. Right after you moved away, Charlie started going to that church, and all of a sudden he became a completely different person. And now he's a youth pastor of that church. Congressman Johnson told that story to illustrate the very point that's made in this promise in Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. But wait, there are four more words in that promise. The words, if we faint not. And these words show us the endurance that is necessary if we want to reap the harvest. We shall reap if we faint not. The word faint is the same as the word quit. If you want to reap the harvest, you've got to keep doing good, doing right, doing your best, and don't quit. When you're striving to live for the Lord, it's not unusual to get discouraged. But when you do get discouraged, don't give up. Don't quit. I'm always encouraged when people call our church or send me an email or write a letter or even visit our church, and they tell me, you know, I go to another church But I listen to your radio broadcast every Sunday. That's such an honor. Thank you so much for those kind words. And knowing that there are people listening right now 
that will be in various churches throughout the area this morning leads me to say this. Don't give up in your service for the Lord. Do you have a job that you do in your church? Are you an usher? Are you a greeter? Do you sing in the choir? Are you a Sunday school teacher? You're making a difference for God. Don't give up. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, friend, never forget this. Every promise that is made in the Bible is made to the people who have already believed on God's primary promise. What is God's primary promise? That if you will receive Jesus for yourself, God will forgive your sins and give you everlasting life. That promise is stated and confirmed again and again in hundreds of verses throughout the Bible. The most well-known of those verses is this one, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We are a fallen race. We've sinned against God. And that's why we all know how to lie, hate, cheat, and steal. We are sinners. Our sin carries a penalty. An eternal sentence of death and damnation. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead, he took our sentence completely upon himself. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the Bible says. And so God invites us to turn from our sin and believe on Jesus, receiving him into our hearts and lives. When we do, God forgives us, and he gives us everlasting life. That's God's first promise, the one that opens the door to all the others. Have you made Jesus your Savior? You can do that right now. Just talk to God and say, Dear God, I've sinned against you. I'm sorry. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Right now, I receive Jesus as my Savior. Please forgive my sins. Take me to heaven when I die. Help me to live for you, Lord. Amen. There's no magic in a prayer. But putting your faith in Jesus is what causes God to put his grace to work in your life. And it entitles you to employ all of the other promises of the Bible. Thank you so much for tuning in today. God bless you, and have a wonderful week. The people of Northeast Baptist Church thank you for spending a few minutes with us this morning. We appreciate your time, and we hope that you enjoyed the Forgiven broadcast. If you would like to share your thoughts about the program, you can call us at 203-798-7088. Northeast Baptist Church is an independent Baptist church located at 101 East Pembroke Road in Danbury. We invite you to worship with us at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Our worship service won't remind you of a funeral, and it won't remind you of a rock concert. It's just a little bit of heaven on earth. We'll see you again next Sunday morning at 7. God bless you. Have a great week. I stand here forgiven, my sins have been cast in.